Welcome to a conversation of change with Dr. Jen Fram, where we talk all things leadership, change, and transformation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Conversations of Change with Dr. Jen Fram. My wordy, how are you going, everybody? Are you breathing at this point in time? I hope you are. Um, There's a lot of people not breathing at the moment or breathing in a very shallow state. I thought it was probably timely um, to drop in. Uh, I don't have a guest today. I wanted to let you know that we're going to do a couple of changes with the podcast given um, all of the massive changes that are happening around us with COVID-19, the challenges for us with lockdown, the rapid force change on so many organisations, the implications of... um, a pretty severe economic downturn. Excuse me. Um, I think what my plan is to do is to come and have a chat with you once a week at the moment. If I have a guest, that will be awesome. I will advise that they are getting very difficult to find at the moment because they are understandably uh, all pretty tied up with business continuity stuff as organisations try and make sense of what's happening. Um, nevertheless, the conversations that I'm having with clients, with peers, with friends, with family, I understand um, is proving useful. So I thought let's change up this podcast, make it a weekly cadence. Each week I'm going to come and have a little bit of a chat with you um, about a model, a thought, a concept, some information that I think might be useful to you in how you navigate the really volatile change that we're going through. So we'll look at concepts in neuroscience, we'll look at concepts in positive psychology, resilience. Um, you know, if, if I'm seeing things that is, I, I think need a, a broader audience and could be shared, we'll cover that. Um, I'd like to maintain this podcast with a sense of optimism, with a sense of hope, with a focus on creativity. Um, And we'll probably keep them pretty short, I think, Um, though time will tell. It'll be based on your feedback as to how can I serve you at the moment, what is most useful to you as a listener um, to this podcast. On that, um, another change that I'm bringing in is that I have created a Patreon account Um, For those not familiar with it, Patreon is a platform where you can support content creators and producers, musicians, artists, podcasters, videos, those kind of things. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know, time flies so fast at the moment. It's hard to know where we're at. I think it was a week ago, 10 days ago, when we realised what the economic implications, they got really serious for people. Um, You know, my accountant uh, very prudently came out to all his clients, gave us instructions on what we had to do to make sure that we were safe for the next couple of months. Um, For me, uh, as a small business, that involves um, cutting operating expenses. Um, I think the really great thing that's out there at the moment is that I'm not hearing that a lot of the economic challenges are affecting people in the change profession, uh, corporates, leadership, those kind of people. Um, Most of you who listen to this podcast 
that said, um, it is quite catastrophic what's happening for those in specific industries, um, small business, obviously, retail, hospitality, um, airline. It's really, really challenging. Um, those of us who rely on workshops and speaking for revenue um, have also been hard hit. Yes, we're pivoting to virtual delivery and those kind of things, but it'll be a while before that kicks off because people are in shock at the moment, you know. Um, and so as for me, the notion of cutting operating expenses means that I cut off the people who support me in the background for my business, um, other small businesses, and, and I'm not really comfortable with that. So um, I figured one of the things that I needed to look at was how do I change up things um, to make sure that I'm still sustaining? And part of that was, hey, let's have a look at creating a Patreon account um, and offering a tiered system of sponsorship. Um, so it starts at $2 a month. Um, I think I've topped it at $20 a month and there's various rewards for whatever level that you are sponsoring at. Um, it feels kind of weird, um, but, you know, I think at the moment part of how we get through is being prepared to try new things. Um, and so if you find that the content I have been sharing, that the content I am sharing, that the content I will share is of use to you and really valuable and you are in a position to be a patron, I would invite you to go to uh, patreon.com, um, look up Dr. Jen Fram and become one of my patrons. Um, because the Patreon account is really new to me, I'm not quite sure how to use it the best for those people who become patrons. So really open to suggestions as to what would create value for you uh, to be an ongoing patron. Anyway, so that's one of the changes that I'm bringing into play with this podcast. Um, let's check in with a post that I published last week that has um, hit a chord for a number of people. One of the things, a couple of the clients, smaller clients that I'm working with, um, are, you know, they still need to create change. This is still part of their world. Um, and, of course, they have workforces that are quite stressed, distressed, anxious, um, challenged with what's happening. And so the, the challenge for leadership at the moment is how do we create calm to enable change to continue? Um, we have seen our political leaders... Uh, admonishing us to just keep calm and if any of you have been on the receiving end of somebody telling you to calm down or just keep calm you're probably pretty aware that it's an ineffective tactic people are panicking at the moment because leadership is not doing all that much to help them create calm um, and to feel secure and to feel safe. And so I just thought I'd go through some of the principles in that post. Um, we'll also, next week I'm going to talk um, in more length about the SCARF model of um, neuroscience and change, but a lot of this relates to the way that our brains process threats. So one of the beautiful things about our brains are they are, uh, incredibly efficient and they are very much there to help us survive right <laughs> you, you you know you don't have a better friend than your brain when it comes to survival um, 
part of your brain is known that responds to survival is called the limbic system and that's where your amygdala is housed and it manages your emotional responses to perceived threats. So when we talk about fight, flight or freeze, um, those behaviours come from your amygdala and the brain is so efficient that when faced with a threat such as, um, you know, a virus that is incredibly viral, um, you know, and is universal that everybody can catch, um, that is faced with a threat such as impending uh, lack of income or revenue, our brains will react from that limbic centre um, in a really emotional state. And because that creates the hormones of cortisol and adrenaline, which help us move into a state of fight so we can fight it, um, we can flee from it, or unfortunately for some people it paralyzes them. Um, but there is a protection there in paralysis with not having to go through the experience. Now, as a result of this, um, this means that people in perceiving threat are usually in one of those three states. And the challenge for us as leaders is how do we create an environment in such a way that we can create good brain health, where people can move back into a way of thinking that's not so um, driven by that primal instinct to survive. Um, in the blog post that I shared, I've got five points on this. And the first point is so important. It is this notion of ground ourselves, um, that you can't hope to calm others if you are not calm yourself. I tell you what, there has never been a time that I've been more grateful for the last couple of years where I've been really diving deep into mindfulness and meditation and resilience and positive psychology, all those kind of stuff. Um, because I have to say, whilst I am obviously concerned for people around that I am fearful of what I'm seeing with social decay or what this is going to mean for society, I don't feel panicked myself. I don't have extreme anxiety at the moment. I'm finding the wherewithal to do creative things. You know, how can I do my business differently to... Um, to be able to ensure that I've got continuity of, of revenue. And I put that down to the work that I've been doing the last couple of years. And so part of that is the grounding yourself, knowing what, what you have to do um, that actually calms yourself before you engage with anybody else. So for some people, um, this can be a really spiritual, metaphysical, full woo experience. Um, it can be as simple as making sure that you're doing box breathing. So box breathing, and there's various variations of it, is um, where you breathe in on account of, say, four. You hold that breath for four. You breathe out. You release for four. And then you hold again for four. And if you do a number of cycles of that, what you're doing is, is effectively reorganising some of your neural pathways around um, anxiety uh, and you can find that it's very grounding for you. Um, so that's the first thing. You've got to ground yourself before you can attempt to lead anybody. And keep in mind, when I'm talking leadership here, um, you don't have to be a formal leader in an organisation. It could be a community it could be your family, it could be your friends, it could be leading yourself. 
So the second tip um, for creating calm uh, to lead through change is to build your knowledge, your literacy around um, stress hormones. So I told you a little bit about it before that cortisol, adrenaline, really helpful to you in a, in the point where um, you know the house is on fire or there's some extreme danger right in front of you. Um, it is those hormones that will allow you to get out of that situation to survive. A lot more problematic though when those hormones um, are sustained, that you are permanently creating cortisol and adrenaline because that's where you have your adrenal fatigue. It's where you have a suppressed immune system, cardiac conditions, all those kind of things. It's not good for you. So from a leadership perspective, you need to know how do I encourage an environment which creates happy hormones, so um, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. And some of the practices that are the most helpful in creating happy hormones for us uh, things like creating laughter, so an opportunity to laugh, but also that incredibly powerful practice of gratitude. So um, what I love about gratitude is it has a two-way action. It's really hard to offer thanks to somebody without feeling happy yourself. And obviously the person on the receiving end of gratitude feels happy than, you know, once they receive the gratitude. So um, just upping the the ante on how do we practice gratitude in a meaningful way and a sincere way can create a better um, hormonal state in times of stress. So it'll buffer against the inclination to move into fight, flight or freeze. Um, I think the importance of, um, let me think, being able to lead in a heart-led way. So open heart, open mind. This one's really interesting, right? Because we we don't tend to talk about love in the workplace. We're discouraged from talking about love in the workplace. Um, yet it may well be that our ability to be heart-led leaders at this point in time is what gives us the competitive advantage. Again, it does come back to the neurochemistry. We've done a lot of work telling leaders they need to be empathic, empathetic. Um, and that is good for points in time. If you are sitting in empathy for a prolonged period of time, what you're actually doing is sitting in a space of shared pain that will raise the stress hormones for you. You'll have those bad after effects. Now, the beauty of sitting in a space of compassion, which is love, that you have love for the people that you work with, you have love for your family, you have love for your community, is that you introduce those good, happy hormones again. Um, and I think that it, this was something that I worked on last year uh, in a workshop. I did training on self-compassion and it was really, really useful and initially I'm sort of thinking, well, how do, how do I make that switch? You know, as someone who works in change, I've always worked in empathy, but I can see the sense in this that I need to move into a state of compassion. And the first step for me was when I was having meetings with people who were struggling, who were in pain, who wanted to share something that they were uncomfortable with, was first of all recognising that I was starting to empathise and consciously, and it's going to sound weird to tell you this, and I'm just going to have to encourage you to try it, to, 
to consciously sit here and go, what would it be like to be in a space of love for this person that I'm sitting with? As I said, really weird when it is someone that you don't know especially well, nor that you necessarily like. But to ask yourself that question opens up the channels of sitting in a space for compassion for them. Um, and it became easier and easier to sit in that space in a regular place on a, on a, on a regular time. So um, do some Googling of this. There's some really interesting material out there in the compassion-led leading space. Um, and I would really recommend it as a leadership practice at the moment. The other thing is an open mind is listening attentively. Um, we've got a real opportunity at the moment to reset our engagement programs, right? So um, reset how we engage with our colleagues, our employees, to make sure that we are being really attentive to what they are saying. This will have a twofold benefit. They will feel better. They will have happy hormones because they feel like they're being listened to. Um, but you might actually get some better ideas. The fact that they feel safe to be to talk might mean that you get a lot of new ideas uh, which will help you adapt. Um, fourth tip on how do we lead and how do we create calm is this notion of reinforced stability. It may not feel like it, but there's actually things that are staying the same for us. There's actually a lot of stability for us at the moment. In the midst of all this volatility, we're still doing the same things and we can still do the same things. So if you think about what are your routines and your rituals in your workplace, your routines and your rituals at home, how can you maintain the, those routines and rituals so that you've got a form of stability um, or a reminder of this is, this is what we've always done? Equally, with any of your communications at the moment, and, and this is probably more specific to those in the workplace, please make sure that you repeat what is staying the same for people. Because of those amazingly efficient brains that we've got that are looking for more threats at the moment to keep us alive, we will struggle to connect with messages of stability. This means you need to repeat, repeat many times, because it's those messages of stability of what is still staying the same that will enable us to calm and to be able to engage in a, a higher order functioning. And finally, the, the fifth topic um, or the fifth tip on this is a reminder that you've only got one body. Um, now more than ever is a time to treat that body well. So make sure that you are consciously breathing. For many, many people, they are moving into very shallow breathing states at the moment, um, and that is inducing a really poor physical condition for them. So, it, you know, it can be a really good practice at the beginning of any workplace meeting to say, look, we're just going to do uh, some really conscious breathing. We're going to start with five deep breaths. Recognise if you're not used to deep breathing, that might be physically uncomfortable with you. So be kind to yourself if you're practising deep breathing for the first time. Second, the power of being hydrated. I cannot um, underscore how important it is to stay hydrated 
in helping you manage stress. Your brain is exceptionally thirsty, so let it drink. Again, start your meetings with, has everybody got a glass of water at hand or a bottle of water? Let's just wait for a moment while you get one. So you're going to have to remind people to breathe. You're going to have to remind people to drink. So they're the five tips that I've been sharing with clients at the moment around how to keep calm. Um, I would welcome any feedback. Um, if you've got other tips that you're finding really useful that are helping you at this point in time, I would welcome feedback. If there's any particular topics or questions you want me to pick up, if I'm coming to you on a weekly basis now, um, tell me what it is that is most helpful for you. Um, I am delighted to provide that for you. Um, as I said before, there is now a Patreon account. Uh, feel free to head over there, be a patron, um, try something new if you're in a position to do so. Uh, recognising there's a whole stack of us at the moment who are probably, you're probably getting a bit bored of it at the moment, actually. Like, I'm getting bored of it. When I jump on LinkedIn and see everybody telling me about their e-courses and their online courses, et cetera, et cetera, um, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it. Um, nevertheless, there's never been a better time to be doing some form of professional development. So, um, to that end, it would be remiss if I don't tell you that we have updated the Agile Change Leadership Institute material to suit remote workers. And that really fabulous Busting Silos workshop that Melissa Dark and I created, which obviously cannot occur in one-day workshops at the moment, has been converted to uh, a nine-weekly e-course um, at a much lower price. So it's, it's actually really accessible. Um, and we've heard there's a couple of companies who have bought it. They're using it as a way to keep their people engaged and doing weekly coaching sessions with the people who are doing it, which is really lovely. Um, so it's fun to hear how people are innovating. So, look, what I thought I would come back with next week is a bit more of a, a chat around that fight, flight, freeze uh, experience what happens for us but also I thought I'd like to showcase um, a number of the businesses that have pivoted or changed and are doing things really differently because I think this is really important to recognize that um, we could change pretty fast when we need to and there's some neuroscience in that I'll talk to you a little bit about that as well in the meantime I wish you calm I wish you clarity. I wish you compassion. Stay in touch. Let me know how you found this and where you'd like me to go with it. But for now, take care. You've been listening to a conversation of change with Dr. Jen Fram. You can find many more resources on leading change at my website, drjenfram.com. I welcome feedback on what else you'd like to hear on the podcast. Why not connect with me on Twitter at Jen Fram or LinkedIn? 